I'm going to invite Adarius to give us our reading, which is James 4, verses 1 to 10. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity with God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That is why Scripture says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. This is the word of the Lord. So if the children would like to come up to the front and uh, grab a seat, grab a seat on the carpet. Uh, yeah, just spread out at the front here. Fantastic. Who have we got? Great. If you grab a seat either side. How are you going, Hugo? So... Put your hand up. Oh, if we if we just go if we just go to the side a little bit, so that you know, so I'm not right over over the top of you. So, put your hand up. If in fact adults as well, put your hand up. If you've ever had an argument. Okay, so it appears there are one or two angels in our midst, but uh, for for most of us. Uh, we can think of times when we've squabbled, and we've fought, and we've quarrelled. Uh, so let's see if we can get to the bottom of what causes these arguments. So I'm going to show you some pictures of people arguing, and I want you to tell me what you think is the cause of the argument. So we have the first one. What do you think has caused this argument? What do you reckon, Anna? Okay, so they, 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 they can't agree what they're going to watch on TV. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, okay, next one. Uh, what do you think caused this argument? What do you reckon, David? Yeah, they both want to ride the scooter at the same time by the look of it. Okay, what about this next, this next one's a little bit more cryptic, but uh, I think I know what's caused this argument. What, what do you think, Travis? Say again. Okay, so someone's annoying his brother. Do you know what I thought? Probably just um, from from personal experience, I thought what probably caused this argument is how much space they get on the armrest and who's going onto the other person's side. Uh, I just I just had a hunch that might be what caused that argument. Uh, but but you know, actually, actually, the TV and the scooter and the armrest they're not the cause of those arguments. They are the things that those children were arguing about, but they're not the cause. 
In fact, the cause of all of those arguments was the same thing. And it has to do with what's going on inside of us. James says that we have desires that battle within us. So we don't get what we want and we become hateful and we, uh, we quarrel and fight. And we tend to think that what we want is more important than what other people want. But that's pride. Pride is when we think we're better and more important than other people. Now, we might not say it. We might not even realize that we think it. But sometimes our actions give us away. Another thing about pride is that we don't want to accept help because we think we can do everything on our own. Now, I need a volunteer to help demonstrate this. Uh, let's have a look. Who, uh, Hugo, why don't you come up? Okay. The, 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 these are going to be very big gloves for you. Okay. But I want you to put the other hand first. Okay. Put your hand in there. You just, just about get it. Don't worry. They don't fit perfectly. And the other hand in there. Okay. And I'm going to put, see if I can even put these ones over the top. See, I used to live in the UK. So we've got very warm gloves. Okay. Push your, push your hand really hard into there. Okay. Okay. There you go. And the other one, this, Okay, now push your hand into there. Can you push it? Push. Okay, just about got these gloves on. Okay, now what I want you to do, and I'll, I'll warn you, I think, it's an, I think it's an impossible task. If you can do this, this is amazing. But I, what I want you to do, you've got grains of rice in a bowl, and I want you to pick them up individually and put them in there. Okay, have a go, have a go. See if you can do it. I, I, that, that is... No, there's no rice on it. Try, try again. One, one, one last one. Now, this, this is really hard, isn't it? This is super hard thing to do. Do you think you could do that? You'd be there a very long time, wouldn't you? But do you know what? You can, you can ask someone to help you. Who, who are you going to choose? Okay, so that's Ruby. So Ruby, uh, what's Ruby got to do? Just ask her. Tell her, tell her what she's got to do. To pick up some, say, ask her to pick up some rice and put it in there. Yeah. So we'll ask Ruby to do that. So Ruby, do, do you want to pick up some, just one at a time, put them in there? See, now Ruby's a, able to, to help with that, and she's able to do it quite easily because she doesn't have those big gloves on. And she's able to help you, you see? Okay. So, and Ruby, why don't you pull his gloves off? Pull his gloves off for him. And the other one, pull his gloves off. And now you have a go. You see, so when you when you got some help, exactly, it's easy now, isn't it? Okay, all right. So great. Okay, if you want to, you don't have to do them all. If you want to sit down, <laughs> quite a few. Well done, Hugo. Excellent. Give them a round of applause. Well done, Hugo. That's all right. That's fine. You don't have to do them all. Well done, Matt. You can sit. You can. You can sit down now, Hugo. I'll tell you what. Look, 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 there you go. Well done. That's good attention to detail there, Hugo. You wanted to make sure it got finished. That's good. Um, so you can see it was so much easier when you ask someone for help. And uh, sometimes it can be a bit like that with us and God. We struggle and struggle and struggle with things that are almost impossible or, or are impossible for us to do on our own. And we don't even ask God for help. And sometimes we're, we're, you know, we can be so proud, we think that we can do things on our own, but we can't, because actually we are made, we're created 
to live in partnership with God. We're created to be dependent on God. We're created to ask God for help and, and for him to, to help us with, with every area of our lives. Or sometimes we ask God, but with the wrong motives. So if I pray, if I pray for things, but I don't really want a friendship with God, um, if I just want God to give me stuff and do stuff for me, and that's all I want God for, then I can't really expect to get any help. Uh, God is not some kind of celestial vending machine where all we have to do is punch in the right prayer and out comes exactly what we want. God's not like that, is he? So God does want to help us. He does want to help us. But most of all, he wants a relationship with us. He wants to be friends with us. And all too often, pride can get in the way of that. Do you know, every day we have to make a choice to do things God's way or to do things the world's way. God, God's way takes humility. We've got to be humble. But the world's way is the way of pride. When James talks about the world, he's talking about the world that hates God, that doesn't want to listen to God, uh, that um, sets itself against God. So very often what the world says is the complete opposite of what God would say. So we're going to see some examples of that. I'm going to show you some little sentences and we'll read them. And each time you tell me if you think it's something the world would say or something that God would say, and we'll, we'll do it like a show of hands. So the first one is we're basically all good. Is that something the world would say? Put your hand up if you think that's something the world would say. Put your hand up if you think that's something God would say. I think we should get the adults involved in this as well, shouldn't we? So hands up if you think that's something the world would say. Hands up if you think that's something God would say. See a few people looking around. Do you know, if we look at the next one, actually the world says we're basically all good. The Bible says actually we're sinful. We all think and say and do things that are wrong. And that's why we need Jesus. And we're all capable of good. We're all made in the image of God, which is why some people may have put their hand up. But actually we're also all sinful. Only, only Jesus is truly good. So the next one says, value others above yourselves. In other words, put other people first. Put your hand up if you think that's something the world would say. Put your hand up if you think that's something that God would say. Okay, yeah. So what's the other one? Yeah, so the, God would say, value others above yourselves. Live an unselfish life. The world says, look after number one. So the next one is, love your friends and hate your enemies. Put your hand up if you think that's something the world would say. Something that God would say. Okay. So what, what, uh, what, so yeah, Jesus actually said, love your enemies and pray for them. So don't just love your friends, but love your enemies as well. That's until Jesus, nobody had ever said that. Nobody had ever said, love your enemies until Jesus uh, said it. So the next one. Do whatever makes you feel good. Is that, this is the last one. Something the world would say? Put your hand up. Okay. Put your hand up and think that's something that God would say. Let's see. Okay. The world says do whatever makes you feel good. God says that we should obey him and that we should put his uh, desires first. So we, ch- we, uh, we have to choose between humility 
and pride between God and the world. And that's why James says anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So uh, we can't be on both teams at the same time. Can't be on two different teams. Uh, you know, we've just had the Women's World Cup. You can't play for Australia and England at the same time, can you? You've got you've to be on one team or the other. We have to choose God or the world. And James says God ex- opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. So we have to make a choice. We choose God, but it's still not easy because sometimes we get pulled away by the world. The world kind of pulls us away from God. So what we're going to do now is we're actually going to act out verses 7 to 10 uh, because they tell us what we need to do when we feel ourselves being pulled away from God by the world. Now, this is a bit of a gamble because I've never tried to, uh, do, a, to do a little play impromptu like this. We'll see how it goes. I need three volunteers and one of them, I think probably better if, if it's an adult. So three volunteers. I can, I can see someone being voluntold over there. <laughs> so uh, why not have uh, Cassie and Alan and... Um, who? So Adrian, since you're so... Since you're so eager to volunteer, Brandon, I reckon Adrian's a man for the job. <laughs> um. So, um, yeah, watch the step. Okay, so here we. So let's see who have we got here. So, Alan. You're going to wear this T-shirt. You're going to play the part of God. Now, we know no one can really be God, but I need someone to sort of represent that so that we can understand what's what's going on. So put your arm through there. So you're going to play the part of God. This is is James 4, verses 7 to 10. So you come up here and you stand here. Okay? And Cassie, you're going to play the part of a believer, a Christian. You can kind of play yourself, really. So if you come up here. And uh, you get you come nice and close to each other because uh, like that. And uh, so, Adrian, you're going to play the part of the world. Okay. So if you go and stand in in a corner over there, you're 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 the world. Okay. No expense spared with this production. Okay. So what we have here is we have a believer who has chosen God over the world. She loves God, she's close to God, and she has a good relationship with God. Uh, But what James tells us can happen is sometimes um, believers get pulled away from God by the world. So world, why don't you come and uh, pull this believer away from God to where you were without tripping over the steps? (laughs) And that... And that works especially well because we've got a father and daughter duo. And Alan, if you just move back just behind that chair over there, okay, so you've moved back to there, just the other side, just the other side of it, you'll be coming back out in a minute. So you're all the way over here. So Cassie has been pulled away from God by the world and she's feeling it. She, she feels that she's distant from God. She's a long way away from God. And, uh, but, but, um, 
what James tells us. He, he says, resist the devil and the devil will flee from you. Now, uh, when, when we say the devil, we're talking about the, the world, the flesh, the devil, all that is evil, that temptation, all of that together. I couldn't very well get someone to dress up as the devil. Um, but that's what the world encapsulates, all of that together. So, Cassie, what you're going to do is you're going to say no to the world. You're going to resist. So you're going to turn around and you're going to go, no. Okay. Excellent. So now the world will flee from you. So, uh, okay, good, great. So the world has, the, the world, the devil, the, all that is evil will flee from you if you resist it. That's what James says. So now you want to get close to God again, and you can do that step by step by reading the Bible and praying and hanging out with Christian friends and going to church and worshiping God and all these things we can do to get close to God. And every time I clap, my hands, and everyone can join in, you're going to take a step towards God, and Alan, you're going to take a step back towards Cassie, okay? So with every clap, you're both going to take a step. Hopefully, you'll meet back roughly in the middle. Let's try that. Okay, great. Turn and face. Turn and face. Okay, so... Uh, what's happened is Cassie has intentionally, she's, she's tried to get close to God. And James tell us, James tells us, if you draw close to God, if you come near to God, God will come near to you. So as soon as Cassie starts moving towards God, God starts moving towards Cassie. Um, I reckon it'd be the other way. Here, come, come over here. Come over here. I, come over here, Anna. I reckon God will come a lot further to meet us and we go to meet him, actually. Uh, but that's the thing. We move towards God. God comes close to us. Now, uh, James says, humble yourselves before God. And that, that means that we say, Lord, I know that I've messed up. I know that I'm sinful. I know that I've thought and said and done things that are wrong. I'm sorry. So if you show that, you're, like, if you just kneel down next to God there, that kind of shows that you're humbling yourself before God. And what James says is if we humble ourselves before God, God will lift us up. So Alan, if you lift Cassie up, so just kind of help Cassie up. Take a hand and, and help. Exactly. Excellent. Okay. So you, you helped her up. So we, we humble ourselves before God and God will lift us up. Uh, so that's James um, 4. Verses 7 to 10. Do you reckon we can try that in quick time, all in one go? Yeah. Do you reckon we can do that? I reckon it'll take about one, 30 seconds. Okay, go the other side of Cassie again. Okay, go the other side of Cassie. Okay, so let's try this quick time, okay? So, enter world. Cassie's got a good relationship with God. The world pulls Cassie away from God, okay? But Cassie decides she doesn't want to be far away from God, so she resists the world, okay? And hang on, not yet. And if you go a bit further, and then Cassie takes lots of steps back towards God. Okay, and now they're, and she humbles herself before God, and what did God do? He picks her up, lifts her up again. Okay, and that is James 4, 7 to 10. And this is only possible because Jesus has died for our sins on a cross. But a huge round of applause for uh, the team there. 
So grab a seat again. Oh, do you want to take that off? Okay, hold your shirt down. There you go. Okay, now there's one part that we didn't act out there, and to show you, I'm going to bring this over. So you may have noticed every week uh, at, uh, well, I'll tell, you the, I'll tell you the part we didn't act out. Is James says, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. That's what James says. And you may have noticed each week before communion, I go over there and uh, I wash my hands. Have you noticed that? But you know what? I'm not washing my hands because they're a little bit grubby and uh, it's more hygienic to wash them. I'm washing my hand because it symbolizes the washing or the purifying of my heart. In fact, it symbolizes the washing and the purifying of all our hearts, uh, which is, of course, a work of the Holy Spirit. Because, you see, the stuff in here that needs to change, all of us, the stuff that needs to change, and if we remain pride, proud, uh, we won't even see it. We won't even know that we need to change. But if we humble ourselves before God, God will help us to change. He will change our hearts. Um, God loves us enough to accept us as we are, but he loves us too much to leave us as we are. And so um, we humble ourselves before God. He changes our hearts, and he helps us to get rid of all the anger, the jealousy, the pride, the, uh, whatever it is that we're, we're trying to deal with. We ask for God's help with that, and he will help us. Now, it's Father's Day. So I got one uh, final message for uh, all, the, all the dads and uh, grandfathers, uncles, and um, I'm preaching to myself as well. The very best thing that we can do, and all the men of the church can do this, the very best thing that we can do for our children is to love the Lord and humble ourselves before God and for them to see that. Never be afraid to say, I was wrong. I'm sorry. I need to change. Uh, and let's keep engaging in this process whereby our hearts are purified because nothing will demonstrate God's love and grace to our children more clearly than a progressive, positive change in our characters that they're able to see. In fact, that's what uh, it, it was, was uh, in fact, my, my mother, that's what brought me to faith when she became a Christian. I saw a positive, progressive change in her character, and I knew uh, that this Christianity thing uh, was real. Uh, so we want to be a great example uh, to our children. We want to be a godly example to our children. And the best way uh, that we can love our children, the most loving thing that we can do for the children of this church is to draw near to God and to humble ourselves before God and allow him to change our hearts uh, so that we can be uh, a better example to them. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are with us and uh, that if we make any effort to come near to you, you come running to us. I think of the uh, parable of the prodigal son. When the son made the slightest effort of returning home, the father ran out to meet him and embraced him. And we thank you that that's what you're like with us. We pray that you'll give us the humility to recognize where we need to change, the desire to change it and the wisdom 
to recognize that it's only you and the Holy Spirit that can bring about lasting and positive change in our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.